0: Welcome back to another Impact for Night on Impact Education Leadership. This is episode 170. I'm your host, ID34. I just run Thursday night's nice panelist. i Buddy Thornton and Daniel Blanchard. Daniel Blanchard, please say hello to the people.
1: Hey, everybody. How you doing? Dan Blanchard here. pumped to be here tonight.
0: And Buddy Thornton, Process Social Change. Jason Pro, Please say hello to the people.
1: Good evening, everybody. And I am so thrilled to be here tonight. I think this topic is going to blow the volcano right off the
0: map. And with that being said, tonight's topic is relationship intelligence. Let
1: me make it fairly short and succinct but uh, it's a couple of quotes come to mind. Number 1 is Ernest Hemingway said, you never know any who you can trust until you trust them. And that is so apropos for the conversation tonight. I specialize in breaking down people who have barriers based on fear of appearing weak. You're carrying that chip around on your shoulder and you know that if you counterbalance that by making some kind of amends without getting whatever you perceive is a balancing act from the other person that you're going to appear weak that you gave in but here's how i do that i teach people the value of moving forward without a chain around their ankle versus being chained to that anger or being chained To that chip on the shoulder I don't care how the chip On the shoulder got there It's going to become Not one chip, it's going to become An entire forest of trees if you carry it Along very long And it's going to start eating into your focus It's going to start causing Diminished capacity It's going to start eating into your time management And all of a sudden The simplest things that you want to accomplish In life become impossible Because now you've got An entire forest hanging around on your shoulder and you don't even know how to get it off of there
0: a problem exists when there is a goal that we want to achieve but the process by which we will achieve it is unclear or needs to be evident to us for instance There is something that we want to occur in our lives, yet we are still determining how to make it happen. Everyone must go through this. Everyone must experience this. Everyone must be on the same page when it comes to helping a child build self-regulation skills that's gonna help them to collaborate across different disciplines different interdisciplines by teaching them how to practice and reinforce those self-regulation skills. This is vital, this is very vital, it's critical, it's crucial, and these are tools, these are vital tools for students that help them problem solve those hurdles, those challenges, and manage those hurdles and those challenges to success. Tonight, we want to help our students, we want to help our teachers to identify, right? We want to help them learn the adaptive ways to manage their feelings and use pro social behavior skills despite whatever disposition they're going through so they can have those pro social behavior, uh, behaviors. With that being said, ah. Uh, I'm so excited tonight. Um, I'm, for one, I'm excited about the panel that we have tonight about this topic because both of you have been in education and have been doing what you've been doing for, I would say, nearly four decades. And with that being said, let me go to Buddy Thurton, Puzzle Change Agent uh, Pro first. What was the first thought that came to your mind when you got to for the night, sir? Oh, the first thing, every thought that probably...
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Am I, am I going first here? <laughs> I think the first thought that came to my mind, I think when you asked me to come and talk tonight about this relationship intelligence, uh, you know, right away, my mind jumped around to the plethora of uh, content out there for, like, social-emotional intelligence. And, you know, then you throw that pretty much on steroids, When you're talking about relationships, because like relationships are everything, you know, that's pretty much, I would say, probably the highest uh, intelligence above them all. You know, that's like the pinnacle of the social emotional intelligence, which uh, so many books have been written about, so many articles, uh, so many videos have been done on that. So I'm thinking that, wow, there's like a gazillion things that we could talk about here and they're all going to be like really important. So I was pretty pumped up when you told me this is what we were talking about tonight.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. Buddy Thornton, what was your thoughts, sir?
1: You know, it's very important to understand that ever since Daniel Goldman wrote his book on emotional intelligence, people have been talking about a lot of different types of intelligences. social intelligence, cultural intelligence, emotional intelligence is, like Daniel said, everything rolls up into one very big dynamic. Whether near or far, whether in passing or intimate, relationships are what makes the world go round. And no one can ever see any type of a concept where being solitary gets that work done better than being in a good relationship
0: listen let's go to work let's go to work the panel is open first question for the panel is and whoever wants to go first can go the first question is is social media dumbing down relationship intelligence who wants to take that first
2: i guess i could jump in there about the uh, whole social media thing and i would say that uh like everything there's there's good and bad there's you know there's, there's uh pros and uh you know cons and negatives and all that um yeah there's some amazing stuff that's like right at our fingertips that uh let's say the kings and queens of yesteryear would have never ever had a dream of a painting the kind of information that we got right at our fingertips that is so rich and uh uh so moving and ground moving and fulfilling and uh, you know, the stuff that we could do today, you know, if you, you could pretty much almost do anything you want to do today. Uh, you just go out and look for somebody else that's done it and break into what they did. You know, read, read what they did, read about who they are, what they did, all that stuff, and just follow their steps. Now, on the other side of that coin, Isaiah, is now pretty much anybody with a phone could jump on and do like a TikTok video, YouTube video, or whatever. Maybe put, put up a post you know, a tweet, uh, they could do all these things on social media and they could have nothing to back it up. You know, no education. Um, they could have been like easily manipulated or fooled or led astray by somebody else. And now they're just repeating these little sound bites that they hear that has nothing to back it up, nothing behind it. And, um, uh, you know, this is what social media is doing. You know, it's like this, this bites. There's no, like, sustained uh, uh, thought. You know, there's no, like, stamina or mental uh, stick You know, that stuff is, like, disappearing because of social media. And it's really, really hurting, um, you know, what's going on uh, with, our, with our, our intelligence. You know, it's, it's, it is. It, it is indeed, I would say, dumbing down our society. However, if we are wise, we know that there's always two sides to a coin, and we can use that. You know, we can use that information at our fingertips if we are wise and not let it dumb us down. I remember a story back, you know, when they talked about uh, when writing. You know, the tool of writing came into existence, and they were like, you know, they were all relying on, like, Homer's storytelling and all that. And they said, oh, no, this is terrible. There's a pen. You know, it wasn't a pen in those days. It's like a quill or some kind of writing. You know, uh, this is terrible. We're going to lose the use of our brain that has been firing up for all these years on, like, memorization and storytelling because now we won't have to remember off, we can just write it down, you know, what I'm saying, and they're like, that's going to make us like dummies, it's going to like atrophy that part of our brain that's powerful from all those years of memorization, you know, and storytelling and all that, and it turned out that the writing instruments, those tools of education, really didn't dumb down our society, um, the human race, uh, I'm sure, you know, maybe there was a potential there for it to dumb it down, but it really did didn't happen you know we went from the writing to the printing press you know to uh geez i'm like you know what we have today with the internet um and and i think that we are in many ways more intelligent than ever uh thanks to the invention of writing and and the implementer tools that we use to accomplish that next step in our human development so again just reiterate real quick i think there's a real real danger of social media dumbing us down i think it is dumbing us down but if we are wise there's ways to use social media to our benefit because we've got all this information at our fingertips that even the kings and queens of yesteryear couldn't have never imagined so that's what i think isaiah
0: and you knocked it out of the ballpark but ethan what's your thoughts same same question is social media dumbing down our relationship intelligence
1: when it comes to relationship intelligence and social media one very big factor plays a huge part nature does not occupy or act in a vacuum there's always a cost to everything we do but when you add social media to relationships the cost of connecting goes down it doesn't take anything to connect with someone halfway around the world but there is still a cost because nature applies universally social media or not you don't have the ability to read nonverbals effectively through any kind of digital device you don't know exactly all those cues you're not receiving all those cues so you really don't know the honesty, the integrity, and the factual evidence that the person you're looking at in social media or talking to in social media is actually who they portray themselves to be. So because the cost has shifted and there is this ever lingering doubt as to whether or not you really are in a true relationship or you're in a quote-unquote digitally stratified artificial relationship, I think that it creates a huge problem for society. I think no matter what else you do, at the end of the day, for a relationship to work, it has to be built on integrity, and it has to be built on trust, and it can't be consummated over social
0: media. Now we now both of you said was so impactful. It was so impactful. The panel is still open and I wanna ask this next question because I wanna know as as it relates to relationship intelligence and emotional intelligence or emotional IQ, how are they both resembled? How are they both connected? And how do they both affect our community? How does emotional intelligence and relationship intelligence affect where we live, affect our way of life? The panel is open, we'll stick that first.
1: The world still revolves around in-group versus out-group mentality. America in particular is a silo-dependent society. You're only comfortable with the people that you can look in the mirror and see yourself with unless you learn and have coping mechanisms to undo that. Relationships depend on not only trust, but the comfort that you feel within your own self. And you can't have that emotionally until you can consummate that relationship through uh, an evolved state, either by uh, extended time, uh, uh, sustained activities, whatever it's going to take to build a relationship. You can't connect it to the emotional side until you get beyond the distrust that the disconnect causes. And that's the biggest problem. Some people, uh, Never get over the fact that, hey, I've got a thousand friends on Facebook. You know what? You have a thousand connections on Facebook. You don't have one friend on Facebook. You know, that's the reality, not the abstract thinking side. They need to focus on the reality. Emotionally, you can be connected to those people, but is it a relationship? Absolutely not. It's a connection, not a relationship.
0: That's good. That's good. Daniel Blanchard, what's your thoughts?
1: All right. So this
2: is interesting. I mean, you got the whole emotional thing into uh, a relational uh, thing. And here's the thing. I mean, you know, the people we love the most and <laughs> sometimes the people we get the angriest at the most. You know, there's that that, that fine line in there between uh, love that pushes sometimes the needle to anger when they disappoint you or something like that. So, uh, I mean, you don't usually get that way with, like, your couch, you know what I'm saying, or, like, your treadmill or something like that. These inanimate objects, you know, it's it's human beings. You know, it's relationships with human beings that revs up your emotions and basically brings you to the, the peak of the essence of being human. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is, the emotions, being able to experience the full spectrum of the emotions. Now, when we bring that emotional thing, uh, which, which is you know related toward your relationships with other human beings, not like an animate object. Yeah, people may say they love their car, but guess what? You know they're going to they're going to drive their car for five years and get rid of it. They're not going to get rid of their kid in five years. You know that would the thought would never ever cross their mind to get rid of their kid. So when we talk about this emotional thing going into like your relationships or relationship intelligence, uh, something just popped into my head. And uh, I I feel like I need to bring it up. I remember many, many years ago watching uh, the Dr. Phil show a couple times, and he used to always say this thing when a husband and wife were arguing on a show or something like. Both of them was like you know being stubborn, saying I'm the one that's right. You know, and and let's say the guy was like, but wait a minute, I know more about this subject. I'm smarter on this subject than her. I was there, she wasn't, or whatever it was. You know, saying I'm the he's uh, he's like I'm the one that's right, not her. And Dr. Phil would always say, "Listen." do you want to be right or do you want to be like in a good relationship? You know, and that right there is emotional intelligence. Like who cares who left the window down in the car last night? You know what I'm saying? Is that really worth um, blowing up a uh, a relationship where you can experience all these heights of being human, what it is to to be human, the essence of uh, of, uh, of being a human, you know, and sharing that with uh, another human. Uh, hopefully somebody you love, you know, your, your spouse or fiance, or, you know, your child, uh, it's, it's not, it's not worth blowing that stuff up over something as stupid as who left the car down in the window last night, or, you know, who didn't put the sock in the dirty clothes hamper or whatever it may be. Right. Or whoever get the football on around, you know, it, and that's right there. You know, social intelligence is an emotional intelligence which leads right in, obviously, to relationship intelligence, when you can say, well, all right, in the back of my head, I know that, uh, you know, my wife misspoke or my wife was wrong and I'm right. But you know what? Who cares? Who cares? I'm just going to let this one go. You know, and that's just, you know, a sign of maturity, it's a sign of emotional intelligence, obviously social intelligence and relationship intelligence, which I have mentioned, you know, was like the pinnacle of uh, all of this stuff is the relationship intelligence. Now, you know, to... Sometimes it's good to understand something by looking at the opposite. You know, if you really want to understand day, maybe compare it to night. You know what I'm saying? You can't have day without night, right? You can't have hot without cold because you just wouldn't ever be able to understand it. So, I mean, what's the opposite of having this emotional intelligence, you know, this social intelligence that leads all into these, these this relationship intelligence? Well, lo and behold, they actually did a, a lesson recently in my classroom on psychopaths, and psychopaths are exactly the type of people that none of us want to be, and we don't want anybody else to be. And what exactly happens to psychopaths? You know, some people say, well, they don't, like, know, like, they can't read body language. They can't see when somebody's hurting. So they just keep hurting people. And the thing is, that's not true. Well, some people say, well, they don't have any kind of feelings or self. And that's not necessarily true either. These psychopaths, they read body language very, very well. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes they even feel the pain that somebody else is feeling, but they just don't care. And they're just like, I, I just don't care. I'm hurting this person. And I just don't care. So that's the psychopath. And that's the exact opposite of we, what we want to be. So, again, to bring it back to, like, the emotional intelligence leading into relationship intelligence, I guess I can go full circle and go right back to Dr. Phil. Listen, do you want to be right or do you want to be, like, in love? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a pretty simple answer. You know, who cares who left the window down in the car last night? Um, I'm not going to blow up a relationship over something like that. That's emotional intelligence, social intelligence, and, of course, relationship intelligence, Isaiah.
0: Guys, you know, if I could change the topic for tonight, I would change it to saving our future because what you are saying is actually saving the next generation. I want to go to let's go. I want to I want to stay. I want to open. I want to keep the panel open. I want to stay right here because we're on to something. We're on the, the, the cups of something great, I believe. And with that being said, let me say this. How is communication and feedback affected by the way people misunderstand one another the way people make mistakes the way people uh, give other people another chance right the way people judge the way people use guidance and I know that caring and sharing is a part of that I know that much how is communication and feedback important to relationship intelligence? The panel is open. Who wants to take that first?
1: Let's go, uh, let's go one step further, Isaiah. Let's understand that because human beings are naturally drawn to the pecking order. And the pecking order depends on the value you put on your own activities versus the activities of other people what feedback you get is always tempered or biased by the expectation of what reaction or feedback you're going to get. And when you get feedback that is not congruent with what you're expecting, do you set it aside or do you actually pay attention to it? With high relational intelligence, you would take any conflicting information and you would apply it to your thinking and you would pivot you would make a change to your behavior if you have low relational intelligence you will try to force your behavior on the other person and you will ignore the conflicting information that's coming your way so in the communication sense especially in a high competitive environment like we have in america when people start their response sentence before the other person finishes their question sentence how do we ever get to paying attention to the feedback long enough to use our relational intelligence to make a proper pivot? That's probably the biggest failure in society is that people are so anchored in what they think and the expectations of what people are going to think about what they think that they don't care whether they pivot to a more accurate portrayal in pursuit of, of building better relationships. If that's a failure that we can identify, it starts right there in the communication curve, which is great that you asked the question. And now I'll pass it off to Daniel.
2: Ah, uh, great. Uh, thank you buddy, it was a great answer. I um, really, really agree with a lot of what you said there. So Isaiah, just kind of, uh, I'm gonna take a look, you know, a little different angle at it. And to um, go back to a time of about maybe 10 years ago, and 10 years ago, I was teaching an in inner-city uh, high school class, and I got asked to um, be a mentor to, like, a student teacher, right? Now, little did I know that this student teacher uh, was going to walk into my classroom and be probably about 15 years older than me and be a highly accomplished, highly intelligent uh, attorney that was looking for a uh, second career. I-, I had heard that he had, like... Uh, Uh, scored like the perfect score like on on his his, uh, history test, social studies test for teaching before he even took any of the college classes. So uh, this is how intelligent this guy was and he was obviously you know, uh, I, I will say it. This guy was smarter than me, no doubt about it. And I was his mentor, and he was my mentee in this student-teacher relationship thing that was going on. So one day I'm observing him. You know, and I, obviously I've been communicating with him and building my relationship with him and him, vice versa. And, um, you know, I've been teaching him how to how to be a teacher there in a, in a inner-city public high school. And, uh, again, very, very smart man. So he comes out to the class, and he starts like pontificating about like all of us and, and this guy you know the student teacher in, in his uh, mid-50s brilliant man he's pontificating to the students right from the front of the room by uh, what used to be called the old blackboards today the whiteboards so he's pontificating to them and i'm looking around the classroom and i can see he's losing the students his communication although brilliant his communication was not being effective you know what I'm saying? It wasn't getting to him. So I, I stopped him uh, pretty much right away. I stopped him and I'm like, I've got to give this guy some feedback, right? So I was like, all right, uh, you know, students working on a little something. And I pulled him aside and I said, listen, here's some positive feedback, right? Um, Like, again, don't take it negative, right? Positive feedback. And I said, listen, listen, I, I know you're brilliant. Everybody knows you're brilliant. But here's the thing, right? Uh, especially with these kids, right? They're, they're not going to care. They don't care how much you know until so they know how much you care. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to leave the front of the room. You're going to walk into the middle of the class where you're surrounded by the kids, and you're going to roam up and down and around the aisles and between them. Every now and then you might rest your hand on one of their shoulders, have proximities, maybe some light touch when it seems comfortable. You're going to start using a little bit more of their language so you can communicate more effectively with them and build that relationship with them. I, right. um, and, and, and thank, you know, thankfully he, he took my advice, you know, this really intelligent man took my advice and that's what he started doing. And they didn't always do it perfect, but through doing this, through communicating with the kids differently, you know what I'm saying? Through being open to my feedback. And then eventually when he saw the kids making eye contact with them, uh, maybe leaning forward in their, in their chairs, uh, you know, pointing their bodies toward him. You know, this is all, like, nonverbal uh, feedback that he's getting from the kids that he had to be uh, alert to. So, uh, so there we are. You know, the communication's much better. The he, my feedback he took, the feedback from the students he took. And then every now and then, you know, you get a kid that's brave enough to say something like, oh, yeah, this was a good class today, or I like the class, or whatever, or I like that teacher. You know what I'm saying? So that's great feedback from them. And then, at the same time, in the classroom, obviously, you know, the students um, the students need feedback as well from the educator. Okay, so that's just one one quick example of this whole communication thing uh, with the feedback and going into relationship uh, intelligence. Uh, another just super quick example. And I like to make this one. This one's gonna be a much shorter story. I always say, listen, um, you don't have to be super brilliant. Uh, If you've got that relationship thing going on and you've got this communication thing going on and and you're building that relationship and you're accepting the feedback going back and forth and people being open to it, you don't have to be the most brilliant person in the world. I always said, bring a brilliant, brilliant scientist into, uh, you know, like an inner city uh, science class and good luck. (laughs) Good luck. That scientist may be brilliant, but that scientist is probably not that good at communicating with high school inner city kids in a language or demeanor that they can understand. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the scientists uh, probably wouldn't do well with feedback. And the scientists would probably wonder why the relationships were failing between him, the brilliant scientists, and these uh, you know students that just don't seem to want to uh, pay attention. So, so I, I've always said, you know, something like that, a, a brilliant scientist, Probably not going to work. You kind of need a little bit more of a people person, you know, that's a.k.a. A, 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 a relationship person who communicates well with people and provides feedback. Uh, now, just one last little thing for that that I just want to throw in. Um, many, uh, Gosh, it was a couple years ago. My students said to me, they said, hey, mister. And I'm like, yeah? They're like, you want to know why we don't give you the trouble we give all the other teachers? I go, why? And he goes, because you act like you're not better than us, like you don't think you're better than us you know what I'm saying, so what, what exactly is that, that has to be my style of communicating with them uh, you know, giving positive feedback, going back and forth, and me being you know open minded and accepting their feedback of me and building that relationship intelligence between myself and those inner city students, I mean all three of these factors are in there, I've given you three different examples of this stuff on how powerful this is that when you're willing to like learn how to communicate more effectively in whichever situation you're in and you got feedback and you're allowing it to go back and forth this isn't like a dictatorial thing you're allowing it to go back and forth you know and it's being consistent and you're being open-minded with that you can build uh, very positive relationships and uh, become much much more successful and everybody could be much happier because again you know you're, you're you're dealing with people And when you're dealing with people And you're building these relationships These are like the
0: good times You know this is the good stuff of life when you're it's, it's, that, it's the fellowship um, it's, it's definitely the fellowship and, and this conversation This discussion It is Everything I thought it was going to be, it's going to be mind-blowing. I was like, this conversation is going to be mind-blowing. The people are going to be glued in on this podcast as they're traveling, as they're working out in the gym, as they're cycling, as they're uh, hiking up mountains. They're going to be listening to this podcast as they're boating, driving to work, commuting. They're going to be listening to this, and they're going to be taking these gems that's been dropped by you, too. And they're gonna they're gonna put these in their backpacks and they're gonna carry them with them throughout the the day, right? And so when you when you said when you were talking about the scientists, when you are talking about the intelligence of those scientists, the first thing thought that came to my mind was there are so many advantages to intelligence. There's there's advantages to being good looking too, right? But there are so many advantages. To intelligence good looks typically fade, right maybe you may be they may they may take you all the way to your 70s if you're lucky some people 80s i've seen people working out in their 80s and they still look good tina turner come on she is very very good looking at her age but my question to you and i'm, I'm about to i'm about to go down your lane Daniel Blanchard because I know you can't handle it why are your relationships more important to your success and happiness than your intelligence or your intelligence IQ why is a relationship more important that's my first question tonight
2: all right, well, I can just kind of go back and reiterate a lot of things I've already said and uh, hopefully throw something new in there. Again, I mean, uh, yes, my, my wife maybe would prefer me to be at least halfway intelligent uh, as we make our way together through life, but the bottom line is, you know, my wife wants like a soulmate more so than let's say a, a brilliant man, Right? My wife wants a man that's um, kind, you know, loving, trusting. You know, all those things that it means to be human and a good human. You know I'm saying those things that, that basically have to start off with like a, a social emotional intelligence. You know Say my wife wants to go through life um knowing that her husband isn't gonna lose his temper because their child, you know, built a glass of milk this is like important stuff that we're talking about here right and that all comes down to social emotional intelligence right my my wife wants to go through life knowing that if her husband ever loses his job that he will be socially emotionally strong enough to pick himself up and move forward in life with the next endeavor instead of just falling apart and becoming bitter and angry and falling into like a bottle somewhere you know what i'm saying these are all the things that come down to, uh, you know, your social emotional intelligence. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of different names for so there's a lot of people call it a lot of different things. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the bottom line is, you know, <laughs> that's what it is. It's social emotional intelligence when you can pick yourself up and go through life and not let the world's, uh, mishaps ruin you and thus dominoing, into ruining your family, you know what I'm saying? When my my wife sees me bouncing my child on my knee, she comes around that corner, and she sees how gentle I am, even though I was a former two-time state champ wrestler and two-time junior Olympian wrestler, you know what I'm saying? That, That rugged toughness in me, and then she comes around the corner and she sees me bouncing my baby child on my knee, and you know, and the baby's laughing, and I'm taking the baby, and I'm laughing, and we're giggling together. You know, that brings a smile to my wife's face. And she's just like, oh my gosh! Like I love that man. I love this family. I'm so happy, you know, to be here in time, this place, uh, you know, with him, with, with our ch- child and children. i this is again. It all comes down to social uh, and emotional intelligence, which is you know we we've, we've been talking about, which leads into relationship intelligence. You know, same thing. Every one of us pretty much gets up every day or most days, and we go to work. So how are we going to fulfill our time uh, during those work hours? You know what I'm saying? Are we just going to be like the brilliant uh, Steve Jobs who berates everybody who had a reputation of berating everybody and making every day, everybody's day miserable? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine going through a life like that. I mean, what kind of life is that when you just build one enemy or you make one enemy after another after another when people try to stay off your radar? because they don't want you anywhere, uh, you know, they don't want to be seen uh, by you because you might scream at them for something uh, and try to make them feel inadequate, you know what I'm saying? It takes a lot of, I think, a social uh, emotional intelligence when, you know, you're working with somebody and, and let's say it's a very important project and let's say the ball drops and let's say it's their fault, you know what I'm saying, and they screwed up the project and you don't make them feel little. You build them up and you say, come on, let's go. We got this. We got this. You know what I'm saying? And then you come back and the two of you are maybe the, maybe the, the bunch of you you come back with a project that's bigger and better. And everybody has learned from that mistake and not been torn down and beaten up and uh, humiliated uh, and, and taught to be little, you know
0: what I'm saying now? Uh, that's not the world any of us want to live in. And you know what, you're you forcing me to open up the panel again. You're forcing me to open up the panel. I gotta open up the panel real quick because I want to know, I want the uh, listeners, I know the listeners want to know this question. Um, they want to they know the answer to the question, rather. Okay, so, <clears throat> based off what you said, it was so powerful. It was so impactful. It was so robust. But I wanna know, let's talk about anger. Let's talk about resentment. We've been doing podcasts on forgiveness. How is forgiveness connected to? How is the concept of forgiveness related to, or how should it be related to the topic for tonight? Relationship intelligence. Who wants to take that first?
1: Let's take a look at two things. Uh, I think Dan was very accurate, and I like the fact that he brought Steve Jobs into the equation. Obviously, Steve Jobs was a genius, but his one failing was that he didn't tolerate anyone not being a genius around him. Uh, He's famous for saying, if you're the smartest man in the room, you're in the wrong room. But he never lived by that advice. He, He expected to be the smartest man in the room. And if anybody else challenged him, it was a problem with him. Uh, The barrier was ego, ego and not being willing to forgive people for being human, because at the end of the day, when you're going to have a relationship, as Daniel explained with all of his examples, every example he had had one common denominator, and that is that you were going to impactfully ignore the imperfections of the other, regardless of whoever the other was. And you're going to accept them for being who they are and focus on the relationship and not on the actions around the relationship. I've been married 49 years. If my wife decided she was going to take a swing at me for every stupid thing I ever did, I'd be black and blue until doomsday. So, you know, let's just be honest. You know, the relationship has to be the third party in the room. You're there. They're there, and that relationship needs to be like this huge giant saying, remember, I'm more important than anything else you are going to do. And as long as you live your life like that, forgiveness is easy. So they made a mistake. Well, let's let's move on. The mistake is not as important as the relationship. Oh, they did something that you don't approve of. (laughs) Okay. Embrace it. Forget it. Move on. That's what you do. That's how you build relationships, and that's how you show relationship
0: intelligence. It's hot. It's hot. Daniel, what's your thoughts, sir? All
1: right,
2: great. Uh, just, just real quick. I know you mentioned the word anger, and sometimes when one of our loved ones breaks our heart, uh, sometimes we do get you know disappointed or take it to the next level of being anger. Uh, angry so I, I think I'll talk real quick about the angry thing and then jump into the forgiveness uh you know gosh I mean my my father he can, disappointed me and hurted me and my brother and my family and my mother many 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 times uh, when I was growing up but you know, and I, and I had you know so I guess some righteous anger as uh as a youth growing up, and I use that anger I use that anger as like an energy for good. You know, an energy to try to go out I funneled that energy, that anger energy. I funneled it into trying to do good things. You know what I'm saying? I like to try to better myself so I can make the world a better place. Uh, you know, in sports and school, jobs, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, if you can't find a way to get rid of that, the anger from the broken heart or just the one disappointment after another, you can actually funnel that anger into energy that will help you make yourself a higher quality person which can go out there and make the world a better place. Now, when we're speaking of like this forgiveness, all I going to say is I've said this so many times in my life and, and Isaiah, I know you and Buddy will agree with this. You know, so many times in my life, I've screwed up. I mean, Buddy said that, I made a mistake and I turned around and looked at my wife or turned around and looked at my kids and I said things like, "Oh, it's tough to be a mere mortal. <laughs> Always making mistakes here, right? Um, But that's that's it. I mean, the forgiveness has to be there because none of us are perfect. I mean, you can't walk through life thinking I'm not going to forgive this person or that person for some mistake they made when you're just as imperfect as everybody else that's walking on this planet, and you're going to make the you know many many mistakes, many of the same mistakes that they're going to make, and you're going to have to if you're going to have any chance of having a relationship with them whoever they may be, whether it's your wife, your children, your parents, your cousins, your colleagues, your workers, your neighbors. Now you're going to have to forgive them just as they're going to have to forgive you because that's just how it goes. If you don't have forgiveness, if you don't do this, you know what I'm saying? You're basically doomed. You're, those relationships are doomed. And then that takes out the good stuff of life when you don't have those relationships. As I said earlier tonight, you know, relationships are everything. I mean, go ahead. Go to like uh, the Super Bowl by yourself, all right? Sit in the Super Bowl arena, watch the Super Bowl by yourself and see how much fun you have by yourself, all right? Now, the following year, if you bring a friend, you know what I'm saying, or your wife or a loved one or a child or whoever, if you bring somebody with you the following year uh, to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl viewing experience uh, will probably be like 10 times better. Ten times better. He's like, hey, what, what happened? Last year I was here. Super Bowl wasn't this good last year. This year I'm here. You know, my wife, my kid, my friend, my old high school buddies, whatever it is, the Super Bowl is going to be so much better the year that you bring a friend. And, and that's how it goes. I mean, that's how we are built. We are social, emotional creatures. You know what I'm saying? And um, we need each other. And we need to forgive each other because none of us are perfect. And if you don't forgive, you're doomed. You're doomed, and it's just it's it's dumb <laughs> to do that. So um, again again, I guess I guess I can't believe how many times I'm quoting Doctor Phil tonight. But again, you know, do you do you want to be right? You know what I'm saying, no, or do you want to be in a good relationship? Kind of comes down to you know having that social emotional uh, intelligence.
1: Right there, there it is.
0: There is a mystery to fellowship. Fellowship has to have relationship buddy thornton i'm coming to you sir because relationships can be so challenging especially with those people that you love that they make mistakes they don't do what you want them to do when you want them to do it and so now you have to balance that you have to accept their opinion even though you may feel like well they got growing to do and so what happens when they hurt you what happens when the people that you love the most hurt you when you're trying to help them you're trying to help them become better but they end up hurting you they even end up rejecting you they even end up ignoring you they don't even want you around sometimes and this is weighty it weighs you down sometimes and you're way down by that rejection. You're way down by that feeling of being unloved, seemingly, by the people that you love the most. And typically, they're your family members. What can you tell the listener audience? What can you tell the listener audience, okay, about how to navigate, how to manage your feelings? to be healthy how to be your best self as it relates to managing those challenges when it comes to relationship intelligence that's my question for you sir
1: well the first thing you have to realize is that the word family is got so many layers i mean it's like the world's largest onion you know you've got intimate partners you've got biological family you've got extended family you've got friends you've chosen to make family and the common thread to all of it is you have this this huge bell curve of how you treat family versus people outside of how you conceptualize family with family you can show your anger you can expect them to forgive you for showing your anger you can applaud them for their greatness but you can envy them but you can envy them from a position of hey i'm in the group i'm not on the pedestal you're on the pedestal i'm going to applaud what you're doing but remember i'm going to be jealous at the same time and i want you to forgive me for being jealous so family throws a dynamic into relationships that's almost impossible to predict from family to family you know uh, the keys are very simple It's all about choice. It's all about choice dynamics and choice theory. Dr. William Glasser's choice theory says you focus on yourself because you don't have the right to dictate the choices of others. In choice dynamics, every choice you make will influence the choices other people make. So you have to be always aware of the law of unintended consequences, but that filter goes away with family. You know, you can be more transparent with family. You can be kind of let your hair down. You can be vulnerable and you can kind of be a jerk at the same time. You're going to forgive. You're going to expect them to forgive. You're going to embrace the stupidity along with the genius. But you still have to still come back to one thing. If you want the relationship to be powerful, especially in family, you can't let something sit on the shelf very long. You have to treat yourself to my version of the golden rule which is do unto others as they would you would have them do unto you regardless of how they treat you and with family do it in double time get it done right now break any chain of victimology don't let anybody put you in a corner and then you would just happily accept it because that's not what family does you help everybody focus on being a fit within the family if someone's getting a little bit outside as the indigenous people around the world will say it takes a village to raise a village and if a child is doing something outside of what we expect it's up to the entire village to bring them back into the proper behavior and that's what family is so yes can you be disappointed with family yes but they're family get it off your chest don't let it sit around Don't put the delay on it. Don't have such a big ego that you can't say, hey, I don't know if I did something to create this situation, but I'm not comfortable with it. And I want to apologize regardless of how you're perceiving this situation, just in case I did something. And if I did something, do me the courtesy of telling me what it was so we can build a bridge to a future relationship that doesn't make the same mistake. And then you can put that process on rinse and repeat forever because family is going to make mistakes. Family's going to get jealous. Family's going to get angry. But as long as you're upfront about it and you work through it and you define it, it takes care of itself.
0: Man, that was so good. That was rich. That was so rich. How do we get away from the chip on the shoulder, especially when we've been hurt, we've been broken, we've been damaged, and we've been exhausted, we've been stretched, we've been crushed, but yet we still get people that wanna come into our lives to be friends, we we get a job, a new job, a new workplace, and then we, we're starting to cycle all over again. And then the first thing some people think is, okay, what does this person want with me? What? Why are you here? What do you really want? Is that, what type of thinking is that? That's what I'm going to talk about real quick. The panel's open. What kind of think is, is that type of thinking damaging to our relationship and to our relationship intelligence? Or is that a healthy way of thinking? You know, what is this person coming into my life for? Or how do you view people that, that are new? I guess that would be the question how you view people, how you judge people, and I want you to be transparent, that are new, that are coming into your life, that are new, you've never experienced anything with them. The clay, uh, the slate is clean, and they're coming into your life with a clean slate, where do you categorize them at, if you do categorize them? Who wants to take their question first? The panel's open. Yeah, I guess I
2: could jump in on that one. I'm- This is an interesting one, especially when you talked about having the chip on the shoulder. Sounds to me like uh, when you talk about the chip on the shoulder uh, that, you know, you're talking about you've you've been burned. You know, you've been hurt. Um, You're angry. You're not you're not trusting right now because you don't want to go through that kind of pain again of being, um, you know, burned and hurt. So that's a tough thing to get over. Saying that's a real tough thing to get over. You got all this um, anger, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, if we're talking like just some, somebody you work with or somebody that you, you know, uh, cross paths with, you know, that's, that's one thing. But if, you are, if you're talking, you know, going back to the previous question, if you're talking about your family... You know the, the your family's the closest one to you and the closest one to your emotions. And now, you know, all of a sudden, you know, this this anger, or this disappointment is like
1: you know, white hot
2: uh, anger and disappointment. Um, you know, many times it happens in a relationship. You know, boyfriend girlfriend, one dumps the other, cheats on the other. You've just been burned. You know, what I'm saying, and you were so deeply in love with that person that when that when you when that person cheats on you, uh, you feel so angry. You know. So, so upset. So so hurt. You know what I'm saying? And you walk around like, you know, I'll never date another girl like that or I'll never date whatever guy, whatever. Uh you're not I'm never gonna I wanna i never wanna feel like this again. And uh you know, you may go through life uh being upset and not trusting people and unwilling to date again or whatever it may be. You know, some people may want to use this language like in a business deal, you know, saying they got burned in a business deal. Right. But the the bottom line is, this is what happens. I mean, being human, there's no way of getting around this. I mean, my grandma used to always say, you know, and God bless her. She used to always say, this too shall pass, you know, and she was so right when she said that this too, uh, you know, shall pass. Um, and in the meantime, you know, until it does pass, you know what I'm saying? Um, if that person's in your life, obviously be civil to them, you know what I'm saying? Um, be, always be civil. I mean, I say sometimes even just kill them with kindness. You know, be proud that you're taking the high road when you're around them. You know what I'm saying? If you got that anger... Um, that's still brewing inside you about you know how you got hurt and burned and all that, uh, go running, go to the gym. You know, beat up the weights, you know? Do something like that, join the boxing team. Well, just do something to take out your anger, your disappointment, your hurt in positive ways that do not hurt others, which will eventually circle around to hurt yourself. And you don't want that going on. You know what I'm saying? So find ways to take out your energy uh, you know your anger, your all the stuff that you, that's going on, the turmoil. Um, do it positive. Go to the gym. Go to the gym instead of uh, going toward that person. You know what I'm saying? That that hurts you, and now you want to hurt them. You know, go, go 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 hurt the go hurt the weights in the gym or something like that instead. And and then at some point you gotta realize, like my grandma said, this too shall pass. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna live the rest of your life? not trusting, not sharing yourself with others again, that's a terrible life to live. You're saying at some point you're gonna to have to start trusting. You're gonna to have to start sharing again because that's the life you want to live, all right? And I know, I know it hurts, and I know there's lots of people out there, I know some of them that I say, I never trust anybody until they give me a reason to trust them. I mean, I have a lot of my inner city students say, I never respect, Anyone. And so they give me a reason to respect them. And I'm always like, geez, I don't know. If life for me has always been much better the other way. You know, saying somebody comes in my life and I'm going to trust them. I'm going to automatically trust them. And so they do something that breaks that trust. And I always, always have an easy time making friends. And I always seem to have a good time everywhere I go. Same thing with the respect. You know, I respect everybody I meet. You know, and, and unless they give you a really good reason not to respect them. And that just kind of falls right in there. You know, the respect, the trust, you know, um, it's, it's a much better life, you know, a much better life. And I know I know people are, you know, are going to argue with me and say, oh, no, you know, you got to like get, get to know people first before you can trust them and respect them and all that. I don't I don't agree with that. So, again, like my grandmother said, you know, this too shall pass. Take out your, your, your anger uh, in a positive way, and then make a decision. Make a decision. Am I going to go through life unwilling to, unwilling to share myself, unwilling to trust, unwilling to give people respect, or am I going to do the opposite and have a much more enjoyable and better life, you know, with humanity uh, and, and, with, and, you know, with great relationships? I want to be in a great relationship pretty much with everybody I meet. Wouldn't that be a great world to be in Isaiah?
0: Oh, God, this is so good. This is so good. Buddy Thorne, what's your thoughts?
1: So you have to start very simply by deciding what is the value of holding on to this ship. And as Dan said, everyone has their own coping mechanism. Find a coping mechanism that works for you. You don't have to go to the gym and beat up the weights. There's a million different ways to create a pumping f- mechanism for how you can get rid of the angst that's holding you to the past and to some negativity and focus on positive things that make you happy and move forward in life don't let don't let that chain stay on your ankle. That's the stupidest thing anyone can do to echo exactly what Dad said. Do you want to live your life miserably, or do you want to let go? Do you want to drop that ship off? Let somebody else pick it up. If they want to walk around with a pile of logs on their shoulder, that's that's on them, not on you. Make the choice, live a happy life, because that's the best
0: choice. Listen, this has been another impactful night at Impact Education Leadership. Our guest night was Buddy Thornton, Social Change Agent Pro, and Daniel Blanchard. Good night. Facebook.